Good morning all. About one time of the year when we come to you with a nice early live video. Uh, it's fixtures day, of course. It's like Christmas morning for some people. Other people, it's like the time that we find out Norwich will be facing 19 other teams home and away across the season. Uh, where do you stand on it, Pad? Uh, do you get excited by fixtures day? Uh, no, not really, Dave. No, no. <laughs> Too long in the tooth now. Uh, uh, it's interesting. My, my wife is, as we speak, sat upstairs poised with a pen, basically mapping out my life for the next nine months. Uh, and, and the beauty, of course, Premier League, much less midweeks, um, slightly um, moved around, as we know, for TV. So Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. But on balance, she's a lot happier that we're in the Premier League. Let's put it that way, because hopefully we should get a few um, Saturdays, Saturdays off, which is rare in our game, mate, as you well know. Yeah, it's going to feel very different to last year, isn't it? And particularly with how the season was compacted, you know, it started in September and stuff. It's going to feel quite odd when we very often are going eight, nine, ten days sometimes between games. You know, there's Monday night football, there's Friday night games. It's all over the place. And I suppose the other thing we don't know yet 100% is how many fans will be in, in stadiums and then what effect that has on broadcasting because they they'd spaced out the schedule completely so that all games were being shown live somewhere weren't they whether it was amazon or bbc or, or, or whoever uh one of the outlets so we'll, we'll probably have to wait a little while um to see that but yeah i'm sure there's plenty of people um who are i know i'm the same who've got a few rsvps on hold for weddings and stag do's and things like that so um in a few minutes we'll be able to give you some answers um we'll all be refreshing frantically as you all are a few comments coming through already and um, whether you're watching us on youtube facebook or twitter do get your comments in let us know what you think of the uh of the fixtures once they drop in a couple of minutes uh sue cassidy uh, says it's been a long two hours uh, obviously waiting uh, the, the heat has probably got something to do with that pad uh, my phone reckons it's 21 degrees already yeah yeah i've just dropped my lad at nursery and uh yeah it's, it's gonna be a warm one today but apparently after today i don't know why we've gone down a weather hole dave but uh after today <laughs> make the most of it because i think it might be a bit changeable for a few days uh yeah yeah the sun is well, out the new season is almost underway because for me it does signal to start the new season doesn't it the fixtures it does um just briefly before they drop then i suppose we were both at anfield weren't we um september 2019 on the back of a championship title win all the excitement both of us hearing that wonderful rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone when they were European champions and stuff. And there's there's always that excitement, that optimism at the start of the season, isn't there? But I, I think we probably expect with most promoted teams, you get one of the big boys pretty early on, don't you? Yeah, that's a great that's a great shout out. In the context, as you're saying there, you know, a period where there's been no fans allowed in or very few. Yeah, that was, I've got some video somewhere. I'll have to dig that out now you've said that. That You'll hmm. Never Walk Alone rendition was... Uh, uh, yeah, it was quite special. Probably one of my moments of, the, of that Premier League season, if I'm brutally honest, that and maybe the Man City home win. Um, and that did signal we're back in the big time if you're Norwich. Of course, it didn't quite get a plan when the, the, the first whistle went in on, on the night, did it? But uh, yeah, it'd be lovely to, personally for me, I think, yeah, first five games, if you had one of the real, real big hitters, because that def definitively says Norwich are back in the big time, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a few predictions coming through here. Leeds at home, uh, Villa away. I'm going uh, Chelsea home on the Monday night, but we're all totally... Here we go. Right. They just dropped. Let's see if Norwich's website is going to play ball um, or if it's going to crash, because this is what everyone's doing at this particular moment, isn't it? Uh, nothing on their website yet. The Premier League... No, not appearing on there. Let's have uh, a look. Dave, Dave, I'll cut in there. Liverpool Carra Road home game. We almost 
predicted it might. There we go. Uh, we talked that one up nicely. Right, on Saturday, August 14th. So that is depending on whether things get moved around for broadcast, I suppose. Um, yeah. We'll, um, Let me throw a few, through, uh, uh, through other ones. If I was to tell you then, it's Man City, Leicester and Arsenal. Uh, dear, yeah. oh dear. It's what, that's what I'm going to say. First four games, Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Arsenal. Can you believe wow. that? Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Arsenal. Right. So where are you getting them, Pad? Because I can't get anything to refresh. <laughs> oh, social, social media is a wonderful tool, Dave. Wonderful right. tool, mate. Um, no, the website isn't showing it as of yet. No. Um, let's have 100% Liverpool at home, the former champions, the former European champions. That is, uh, that, well, I saw, that is almost, I can't believe we actually teed that up as if it's almost if we knew in advance, DF, but uh, <laughs> not not, an, not a rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone, but hopefully a rendition of On the Ball City because that will be some occasion if they can right. get a, a full house. Right, I've got them. So, Good. Saturday, August 14th, Liverpool at home. Following Saturday, Manchester City away. Then you've got Carabao Cup round two in between. A home game against Leicester, so potentially the uh, reunion with James Madison, and then away to Arsenal the following Saturday before <laughs> Watford at home the following Saturday. So that is a quite ridiculous start to the season, Pad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if yeah. they can come out of those first four games, given that as we sit here today, we can't really firmly name what the eleven is going to be. We know there's a lot of transfer work to be done. If they can get any points from that first four, that would be a heck of a bonus. Well, I mean, it, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's welcome to the Premier League. That I mean, Liverpool and Man City—that's that's very harsh. Fi Premier League fixture compiler. Have a word with yourself, I would say, for a newly promoted club to be pulling those two out. Uh, I'll just throw it forward because obviously people look at the holiday uh, dates as well, don't they? Arsenal Boxing Day home, Palace. No surprise there away on the Tuesday the twenty eighth, and then Leicester away. New Year's Day. So, not, again, the easiest trio of fixtures there. And they finish, scheduled to finish, Tottenham at home, May the 22nd. Hopefully, they, they've they already done and dusted and they're, uh, they've got another season in the Premier League. But uh, going back to, yeah, going back to Liverpool home, Man City away, Leicester home. Hmm. Um, you know, Arsenal, Watford, Everton, you could argue is a, is a slightly easier. But that is essentially um, two Champions League uh, contenders, uh, followed by a team who just missed out on the final day for the Champions League, who are in the Europa League, who won the FA Cup, who have some unbelievable young English talent uh, headlined by a certain individual called James Madison. Although I do see some speculation around him again today in terms of his future. Yeah. But um, that is, uh, that is a, I think, I think the word daunting might be getting used quite a lot today on various channels, mate, regarding that first three yeah. things. But, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, I'm sure we'll get some reaction from the club in, in due course. But if you're Daniel Farker and those players, all that slogging about last season um, and, and all the effort and the sweat and the toil is to get occasions like Liverpool, Man City and Leicester, isn't it? So let, let's let's go bold and let's say bring it on. Sarah Peck says uh, on Facebook says, Christ, that's zero points in the first four games. So that's optimistic. Uh, but Josh Pratchett makes an interesting point. Uh, might be good to play the big teams early due to players involved in the Euros. Um, we've also got the Copper America going on, haven't we? So that's an interesting point. Um, but I seem to remember that game that we were at Anfield that we were talking about two years ago. Salah had had about two weeks break, hadn't he? Uh, and yeah. still played that night because he'd been in... What would that have been? I guess it was the African Cup of Nations or something that summer, wasn't it? So, um, uh, but there we go. Think, yeah, I think um, as well as Salah, it was um, 
Sadio Mane. Yeah, I think he literally, because I think Senegal went all the way in that competition that year. I think he almost came back into Liverpool's camp about seven right. days before. Um, just a, just another one, Dave. I cut across, mate. Another date for the diary, very pertinent, uh, given where he's now departed to. Emmy Buendia, first sight of him, Tuesday, December the fourteenth, Villa home. So um, a week before his birthday, a pre a pre festive meeting with Mister Buendia. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, we're we're trying to absorb these quite quickly. the The end of the season looks potentially quite tough, but that to me. There's looking like a fairly defining period in the first couple of months of 2022. You've got Watford away, Palace at home. Uh, you've also got Manchester City and Liverpool in there, but Southampton away, Brentford home, uh, Leeds away, Brighton away, Burnley home before you get into the final few games of the season when they've got Man United, West Ham, Wolves, Tottenham, Villa. So there's... That, that, to me, Pad, they're, they're the games that I've done a piece on this already this summer. And that, that that has got to improve massively from two seasons ago. They've got to be taking more points from those teams who, at this stage, we're expecting to be their um, immediate rivals. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And and, I'm, and when you were saying that, I was just scanning for another sort of bundle of, and I'll, I'll go a little bit earlier. You know, after that initial, oh my God, what is this all about? Mm. You go Watford, Everton, Burnley, Brighton. That, to me... Um, if you're going to do anything in terms of the objective, which is staying up, firstly, there that block of four games there, particularly off the back of what could be a very testing start, they need to cash in there because if you get to Chelsea away on October the 23rd and hypothetically you're on four or five points, then you're already really up against it, aren't you? So um, it's a long season, but much of what it could play out or how it plays out could be defined already by the time we get to last week in October. Okay. And um, the Premier League website at the moment isn't showing any TV time. So I think they will follow quite quickly. So we probably shouldn't take uh, the home game against Liverpool as being a 3pm uh, Saturday kickoff. I'd be shocked if it stays there, to be yeah. honest. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's a Friday night or a Monday night game, because that's what one they're going to be all over. They'll go on about Farker and Klopp both being German again and again, even though Daniel has said several times that he doesn't really know Jürgen. They didn't work at Dortmund together, but that doesn't seem to stop it, does it? Um, Tuchel is, is a totally different one, isn't it? He definitely, definitely worked with Tuchel at, uh, at Dortmund. We, we've seen the photos of them because uh, from what we can tell, I think, Tuchel allowed Farker to sort of come onto the bench for pre-season games, a bit like Daniel did with Matt Gill back in the day. Yeah, oh no, and um, I think if it wasn't you, uh, whoever, Eddie Rima is, is number two. I think it was you, DF, when, when he was first unveiled, going way back to 2017, that sunny day yeah. at Car Road. Um, and that comparison, obviously at that stage, we don't really know with the greatest respect to who Daniel Farker or Eddie Rima were, um, but Eddie Rima was very quick to pivot it any expectations that this is Klopp Mark II in terms of Daniel Farker away from that and said, no, he's a very much uh, a Tuchel man in terms of his how he views the game, how he, how he sets his teams up, what he wants from his teams. So, yeah, that is uh, that is going to be a very intriguing, yeah, as much as, I mean, it, it's just quite bizarre now as I start to digest that two seasons on and it's Liverpool again and the whole sort of uh, Klopp-Farker circus will, will ramp up again. Um and Farker will again have to probably say, well, yeah, I, I don't really know Klopp too much, so don't don't pigeonhole me as another Klopp disciple. But the reality is, when we get round to Chelsea a little bit later on in the, in, the, in the early part of the season, then he very much knows how Thomas Tuchel sets teams up. And as we saw Champions League recently, what what a coaching performance that was! You know, to get the better of Guardiola and Man City and deservedly win the Champions League. Um, he looks a very very good coach. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, if you're looking for any optimism, then I think it is essentially that, you know, Norwich are forewarned this time around. They're not... I always go back to, you know, some of those young players in that tunnel at Anfield two seasons ago on that Friday night. Uh, I think Tim Krull referenced it quite recently and it was almost like wide-eyed, what are we doing? Why are yeah, we... Yeah. This is completely out of our comfort zone. I, I don't think we're on the same level as, you know, you're looking across and it's Mane and Salah and, uh, you know, whoever, Virgil van Dijk. This time around, all that's gone. Uh, not completely the same group of players, but a lot of the same players. There'll be no wide-eyed amazement. So embrace the challenge now. I think that's the way they need to look at it. And I'm sure that's they will. That, that's the way they will do. Yes, that on paper is a, oh my God, where's the points coming from in that first three or four games? But turn it to a positive. I'm, I'm feeling very positive this morning. Mm. Turn it to a positive. You pick up a win from one of those first four games, maybe four points from those first four games. What a boost that is for the rest of the season that you've gone toe-to-toe with some of the teams who will justifiably be competing at the right end of the table and you've managed to get some points. And if you want to meet them, I'll take that point from the, the, the question that we had a little bit earlier. I think the start of the season, you might be able to catch them a little bit cold. Norwich will have that momentum and that confidence from sort of coming up as champions and being used to winning games. We saw two seasons ago, Liverpool aside on the opening day, they were they were really competitive against Chelsea in one or two of those early games. Um, and why can't they be in that first swing again? And, and if they get the points on the board, then who knows? It could set them up for the rest of the season rather than, oh my God, four games in, they don't have a point on the board. This is beyond them already looking like hello championship again. So I think we just have to be positive. Yes, it's a on paper a very daunting opening to the Premier League season, but you know there's there's no fears there now. They know what it's all about, and and that goes from Weber, Farker, his coaching staff, and those players. Majority of those players. So bring it on. Well, that's exactly what I was about to read out from Barry Young. He says, bring it on. This is what we wanted, which is a fair point. You know, this is why you get into the Premier League, isn't it? Uh, Ross Barford says a couple of draws will do. If you just tuned in, just to emphasize, uh, kicking off um, with Liverpool at home, Manchester City away, Leicester home, Arsenal away. Uh, very tough. All successive weekend fixtures. We won't fixate on the dates and stuff just yet because I'm sure that TV is going to carve it up. But while you were talking there, Pat, I was just having to scan through to see the first midweek league game uh, is start of December at Newcastle. First Carrow Road midweek game is that Villa game that you mentioned. Uh, the potential return of Emmy Buendia currently scheduled for Tuesday, December 14th. So you don't get as many midweek games um, during uh, the uh, Premier League season, do you? Let's just fly through a load of comments because... Um, we have had quite a few. While, while you're doing that, DF, I'll just come across you there because I've, I've called up the, in terms of, we talk, we don't know obviously at the moment, but in terms of could that first game get moved and what are the other juicy television type ties? I've got the opening first round of fixtures for the Premier League. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's some standout ones there. Tottenham host Man City. You'd think that's a TV pick all day long. Uh, United Leeds, um, you know, the rivalry there. I could see that being a TV pick. Oh, yeah. But uh, Brentford got Arsenal, bit of a derby, you could argue. Um but other than that, um, you know, Norwich-Liverpool is a standout. So I think, subject to, you know, TV companies um, changing the schedules, I don't think that's going to be... Um, in fact, I'd put my mortgage on that, not being Saturday 3pm, Norwich-Liverpool, August the 14th. So straight away, welcome to the Premier League. It'll probably know in our look, it'll probably be uh, Sunday at four o'clock or something like that, won't it? Yeah, it will. I, I'd be very, very surprised. Uh, I'm just trying to get through um, all the predictions because <laughs> they're all obviously out of date now. Uh, Sue Cassidy makes the point, whoop, whoop, home game. Uh, so, all right, it's Liverpool. Um, but, you know, they, they didn't have the best of seasons last year. They still managed to, to 
turn it around and get into the Champions League, didn't they? Uh, Stephen Dewing, ridiculous first four games, lol, on YouTube. Uh, some crying emojis from CJA on YouTube. Uh, James Jarvis on Facebook. Oh, my good. Uh, oh, my God. If only we had our best player from last year. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Dave Clark, have to play them all twice. Take the big boys early as hopefully they'll be tired from the Euros. Uh, Dave Clark, 12 points, top of the league. It is then. Um, <laughs> what else have we got? Um, yeah, Kevin Andrews as well. Play them early before they get going. Uh, Sarah Peck, I just don't think we will be the same without Emmy. He's going to be hard to replace. Uh, Richard Wen comes back with, that's what they said about Madison. Um, and Sarah says she thinks that Emmy is better than Madison. Uh, Triv 50 says Newcastle away midweek. Great. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent away day, isn't it, Newcastle? We, uh, we we enjoyed that one, although the game less so. That was that was nil-nil, wasn't it? Although Norwich should have won it. I think we saw, I think that was where we stayed overnight at the same gaff as uh, Big Andy Carroll, wasn't it? As I recall. Was. Just to put the rider in, that doesn't mean that Arch not have this lavish hospitality budget. I think and Andy, for some reason, found himself in one of the that more down at heel establishments around the uh, Newcastle area. Um, but uh, yeah, well, that is, that's a great place to watch football. And ultimately, for me now, the excitement is not so much we know where Norwich are going, but will the fans themselves be allowed to go to these games as well? You know, the news at the start of the week, without going down too much of a political route here, um, isn't good that we're, we're, we're again in a holding pattern until July the 19th as a country in terms of social distancing and what we're allowed to do, um, completely unlocked. You know, they're talking about the Euros games towards the end of the tournament, Wembley, the semis and the final, maybe around 40,000, 45,000. Mm. Um, I do know that Norwich have budgeted for from day one, which is now that Liverpool game, a full house at Cow Road and thereafter full houses. That is what they're budgeting for in their forecasts for the new football season, the new financial year. So if it isn't to be that, then on one level, it's really disappointing for those fans again, who've really had to, you know, endure remotely Norwich's championship title win uh, and the back end of the previous Premier League season, but also keep pushing that point, the financial element, the whole, the COVID financially for Norwich now from the whole entire pandemic is nearing the 30 million mark. And if they're not able to start getting full houses from that Liverpool game, that's going to grow and grow. And that, unfortunately, will impinge a little bit still on, on what they might want to do this summer because in terms of the window. Because until they have black and white clarity that they know as a club, yes, we can cater for 27,000 fans against Liverpool on the opening weekend, that still has to be at the back of their planning, unfortunately. So for me now, fixtures are out. That's another big step towards Norwich in the Premier League. But the biggest step is still yet to come over this summer. And that is hopefully, fingers crossed, Full houses at Car Road from Liverpool mid-August. Tony's keyboard has probably got steam coming off it because he's just bashed them all in there for that graphic, which you can see now. So we'll leave that up for a bit so you can consume it. But to bring bring it full circle, what we're talking about here, Pad, with coronavirus and and, and Newcastle, that we told this anecdote before, haven't we? But that was the the game where we we pitched up and we they park you in the hospital multi-story near St James's and. As we walked out along the front of the hospital, there were the TV cameras uh, along there because that's where the first two COVID patients in the country were in whichever Newcastle hospital that is. I think it was just called the General Infirmary. And I remember us all sort of walking past and, and thinking, oh, this coronavirus stuff may be a bit more serious than uh, than we thought. So 
Oh, you'd have thought we'd be 18 months down the line and we'd still be in this situation. But uh, let's not go too deep with that sort of stuff, as Daniel would say. Uh, the bots protector says on YouTube, that's why we're signing Angus Gunn, two keepers for the first four games. <laughs> Which yeah, might, might, need might need that, mate. They might need that, yeah. Uh, Neil Bowers says, haha, the Premier League are laughing at Norwich with that start. And uh, Jack, NCFC throws as a... A transfer question our way, which I'll put to you, Pad. Uh, what's the latest on Adam Armstrong, which is, of course, the Blackburn striker? Um, we've already done this story a couple of times, but the Daily Mail have sort of had their uh, their say on the issue as well, haven't they? Uh, yeah, and interestingly, I think that was the new twist for me yesterday, is that they were saying it could it could be £8 million, the figure, um, mm. which if his contractual status is 12 months out, then... Maybe, but I still think that's a very low starting point if, and I've said this a few times, said it on the Q&A we did earlier in the week, the key to that, yes, Norwich, he is a player Norwich are interested in, there's no doubt about it, but there's other clubs in the Premier League who are also having a look. I think Southampton have been linked quite heavily with him, and, and why wouldn't you? He's 24-25, he's had a, a ridiculous season for Blackburn, a, a team who middled along in the, in the Championship, so it wasn't like he was Pookie-esque in a side that was fashioning chances for him, so his, his goals tally, his age... Um, and his pedigree uh, come through at Newcastle, they will be interested in him. And if you're Blackburn, you need an auction because eight million, I, I think, is underselling that guy really for all those reasons. So um, I don't think that's one that's going to move particularly quickly. But uh, Norwich are definitely in the race. There's no two ways about it. But uh, you know, prior to seeing reports of eight million, it, it would seem to be getting pegged around fifteen million. If it's fifteen as a starting point plus clauses that take it well north of that, then for me. Even selling Buendia, I think that probably pushes it out of Norwich's price range. But there is no doubt the ambition, and Stuart touched on it, you know, when we went and spoke to him there at the end of the season, they the expectation is they will spend uh, or they will set a new club record. And if you're talking, is that Robbie Brady, I think, off the top of my head, 13, 40 million round there? Um, then then it, it moves it into a realm where they possibly could bring an Adam Armstrong type sale it, uh, signing into the club. So right here, right now, no, Gunn, as we understand it, will be their first senior signing. They've, they've, I believe they've done a lad from Peter Ruffer for, for the development squad, but uh, Gunn's the one they want to push out first. Um, and he's due to complete the formalities early part of next week. Um, and then once that's in the building, I'm sure, you know, Stuart Webber now armed with a Buendi, a cash on top of what they'd already allocated. I think they'll look to move pretty quickly. And uh, and again, I spoke to somebody yesterday and um, I won't name them, but a quite senior figure at the club. And and they are basically saying if Stuart gets the targets he wants, hold on to your hats because it's going to be quite an exciting summer for Norwich fans. So, you know, put your trust in Stuart Weber, I would suggest. Absolutely. And that's what I you were off, obviously, when Emmy got confirmed. But when we, me and Connor did this type of video after it, I... And the podcast, I was surprised at the lack of faith there was in Stuart almost. that I thought he had a bit more trust in the bank, but people were really kicking off about Emmy uh, a lot more than I expected when I thought people would think Stuart's got that money to play with now. It's up to him to do the business. But, you know, he and the recruitment team did manage it two years ago. So there is pressure on them. There's no doubt about that. And I don't think Stuart would, would try to dodge that in the slightest either. He knows that he's got, uh, got to prove things this summer, hasn't he? And there's no doubt about it that he will be fired up to do so. His reputation is, is on the line to a certain extent. If he wants to be a Premier League sporting director, if he wants to ever operate at the upper echelons of football, then he has got to probably 
get Norwich sorted and, and survived in the Premier League this season, hasn't he? Uh, a few more comments and then I'm just going to come to your one final question, Pad. Uh, Jonathan Parker, what a change from the Championship. A lot of months with just three league games. Uh, Paul Eason says he thinks they'll be fine this season. Uh, Sam Minter, those first four games without skip scare me a lot more. James Robinson, 2022 home fixtures looks to be the make or break. So let's just run through them to emphasise the point. Everton, Palace, Man City, Brentford, Chelsea, Burnley, Newcastle, West Ham, Tottenham. I mean, not, you don't go for any of the Premier League fixtures and think that's easy. Even, you know, the, the teams that have come up uh, alongside them, um, you don't look at them and think, oh, that's going to be easy. You just can't, can you? Um, but, yeah, uh, Barry Young says, Paddy, get you all chart up. <laughs> yeah, I noticed at the start, Dave, I thought you've been very ahead of the game when I saw wall chart when we first started the broadcast, and then I looked a bit closer. It's not actually Norwich's wall chart, is it? It's, uh, <laughs> that would have been a bit of magic. That would have been very clairvoyant if you'd already had a wall chart on the wall, mate. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, there's, a, there's a few more, but I think they're similar to what we've already said. So Dave, just finally... Sorry, can we, is that a good, good, good? Uh, not that we planted that question, but a good plug to what's in the print content tomorrow? I think we will have a wall chart of some sort, won't we? I'm, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure we we will do. Yeah, that's what we yeah. uh, always aim to produce. Isn't it? Have that poster, uh, and then we we usually print an update of it in case things have changed around too much during preseason, something like that, don't we? So, um, but your immediate one, yeah, that'll be available in tomorrow's papers. Um, just to finish with Pad, then um, the the transfer deadline is August the thirtieth, isn't it? So the first three fixtures: Liverpool away, Man City. Uh, sorry, Liverpool home, Man City away, and Leicester home. They're all before the transfer window is closed. Then Arsenal away and Watford at home are after the transfer window is closed now and, and after the first international break as well. So it's probably not going to be as dramatic and um, have as much of a bearing as the deadline did last year, which was a little bit different, wasn't it, in championship terms. But that probably, for me, just looking at the fixtures this morning, adds to that little bit of a feeling of... A bit of a free swing, but maybe more just less pressure on those opening games because for Norwich to hit the ground running and get any points from those games is just going to be a bonus, isn't it? Oh, all day long. Yeah, I mean, at risk of repeating myself, it's literally three clubs, two are in the Champions League for this coming season, one missed out on the final day. That's the calibre of opponent uh, Norwich will be facing in, in the month of August. Um, and you're right, it's a good point. The pressure really is the internal pressure that Norwich's coaching staff, players, Stuart, Put on themselves because outside, as Tony's just flashed up there, those first three fixtures. Let's be honest, outside of Norfolk, nobody's going to give Norwich any prayer whatsoever of picking any points up from the first three. Um, and if if that equation that people always talk about, you need to beat the teams around you or pick up points from the teams around you who you think justifiably you'll be fighting out for survival, Norwich woefully failed to do that two seasons ago. Um, so <laughs> with the greatest respect, none of those three, probably first four teams are teams who fall into that category. Watford certainly do. So you could almost say the season proper starts maybe Watford September the 18th. But having said that, you know, in the Premier League, 38 games, you can't really allow any to slide without having a good crack at them. So I, I, ju I just think, I, for me now, having digested those games, I think they're just ones to look forward to. I mean, Man City gave us arguably the greatest night at Carrow Road for many a year, certainly in the modern era. I know that's an away game this time around, but why couldn't Liverpool do that this time around? You know, Liverpool uh, are not the Liverpool they were two seasons ago, uh, subject to what they do in this coming transfer window. I don't know where Van Dijk is in his fitness. Um, 
but they look a little bit more vulnerable. So, you know, opening day of the season, let's have it. And uh, if we get a Man City type performance from two seasons ago, then hold on to your hats because the season is firmly up and running. So I'm I'm sort of leaning towards let's look on the positive. Uh, let's look at it as an opportunity where nobody outside of Norfolk gives them an earthly. Um, and let's maybe put the cat amongst the pigeons and then kick on from there. Still, when Tony, Tony just flashed up that graphic there and you see you see those first four fixtures again, you just, I, I don't, I can't imagine many promoted clubs have ever had such a difficult start to a season. But um, a couple of final comments. Jonathan Parker says a lot of our points last Premier League season came from the big teams, which is absolutely true. They did, quite, yeah. you know, they beat Leicester home. Uh, they drew away, didn't they? Um, clearly, they, well, they nearly beat uh, or nearly at least held Liverpool to a draw at home. And that was a 1-0, wasn't it? As we've talked about the Man City one. So they did look stylistically better suited to those games didn't they so we'll see but obviously the impact of beating teams who are around you and a direct rivals is you know that classic sort of phrase isn't it six pointers it's taking points off your direct rivals as well and and keeping them down there so um but i'll finish on uh aptly gaz mcginty says on the ball city never mind the danger and that's the big thing that we want all want is to be hearing norwich fans at carrow road singing that song hopefully more than just a few thousand hopefully a lot closer to full capacity but who knows at this stage we'd just be speculating we'll have to see what happens um with coronavirus and and the country's recovery from the pandemic in the, in the next couple of months um but just to finish with if you joined us late just um to go over a few of those fixtures again if t- tony if you want to just stick up the fixture list to, to close with liverpool at home to kick off with manchester city away leicester at home and arsenal away kicks things off the festive fixtures uh, West Ham away is the last game before Christmas, which is a good away day for Norwich fans, isn't it? Get down on the, on the train if if away fans are allowed. They bloody better be by that point. <laughs> um, Arsenal at home, Boxing Day. Crystal Palace away on Tuesday, December 28th. And Leicester away on New Year's Day. Again, these are all subject to TV changes and um, whatever being moved to different dates and times. Um, you, you all know the drill by this point. And then the final four fixtures of the season. Aston Villa away, West Ham at home, Wolves away and Tottenham at home. That'll do. Thank you very much for getting this bit of live reaction with us. Um, We will, of course, continue to digest them throughout the day. Pinkin.com is the place to go and the papers tomorrow will analyse it in full and let you know all the latest Norwich news and views. Team Upuki hopefully in action again this afternoon. Uh, Finland are playing. Let me just remind myself who they play. Russia, which is a big game for them, isn't it? Obviously, they got the win against Denmark, but you'd have thought they need a point if they want to make sure of at least third place in their group. But for now, thanks very much for watching.